Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm your host, Yvonne. Today's show, What Grief Allows with Callie Rich Neal, is brought to you by You Are Dynamic LLC, the personal development company that believes in and cares about you. So thanks so much for tuning in. The purpose of my podcast is to help you notice the pattern of negative choices you continue to make that are sabotaging your life and allowing toxic people a place in your life. You'll hear stories from the Yvonne Vault and Yvonne-isms, and I'm also famous for playing the angel's advocate by asking those thought-provoking questions to get you thinking seriously about your life so you can make adjustments along the way, just like I do. My guest today, Callie Rich Neal, and prestigious Fulbright scholar, is from a family of musicians in which some continue to tour today. With a deep desire for helping others, Callie always knew she wanted to teach and encourage others to pursue their dreams, which is at the forefront of her life mission. Outside of her business endeavors, Callie is also the host of the podcast, Successfully Unstuck with JoJo. But nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, gives her more fulfillment than spending time with her two sons, Micah, who produces her Successfully Unstuck podcast, and gentle giant Seth. So a few words of wisdom from Callie. Passionately share your gifts and shape a life you love while impacting your community. Well, in today's episode, Callie expresses how grief has changed her through reflecting on how freeing it is when you allow yourself to embrace your feelings of grief. She experienced back-to-back-to-back-to-back grief, losing cherished family and close friends. How do you go on after that? Well, not only did she go on, but she let the experience lead her upward to a new outlook on life, and she is prospering in business. So stay tuned. Hi, Callie. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and I want to welcome you to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm excited to be here, finally. <laughs> finally, I know, right? I do appreciate you, though, for going along this grief journey and sharing it. Now, most people do know the dictionary's definition, but what is Callie's definition of grief? My definition of grief is actually processing the loss of loved ones. And obviously, it can be relationships other losses but for our purposes definitely a process because it's not one day and it's an undefined period of time absolutely this undefined period of time has occurred for you and I understand many times back to back to back and we're gonna jump right into that today so feel free to start with I guess you can say the most agonizing or you can just start how it happened back to back. 
you'll definitely be able to tell the different, it's just different levels of agony, right? Depending on who it is. And if you're going through that journey with someone else. So a year ago in June, one of my best friend's younger sister passed. She lost her battle with breast cancer, which was traumatic because she fought it. We thought she beat it. And it was five years later, she got very sick again. And she was the baby of four. So she was everyone's baby. And she was such a strong woman. So we lost Nicole. And then two months later, we lost my younger brother. And my brother had drug issues. And I'm I'm just sharing that as another example of what we deal with, right? It doesn't make his life any more less worthy of that, that grief. But we really had hoped. I've seen so many people overcome drug abuse. So my expectation was that Elijah would overcome it too. And it was a different type of grief than my friend losing her sister, because while I was hurt, I could be comforted by my parents. Mm-hmm. And losing my brother, my sisters were affected, my sons were affected, and my parents, who I'm very close to and I go to for comfort, needed to be comforted too. So there was that part of the struggle, but also realizing how much of his time was lost to drugs and prison. And so the memories that we had, even though we had seen him here and there and been in contact, the true memories that I was missing were of our childhood and all of the fun that we used to have together. And then, you know, our expectations, what we expect for people's lives. So two weeks later, one of my best friends, my my coworker, yes, he passed. He was close in age to my brother. So while it wasn't the same relationship, there was something about that age that really got to me. So my brother was 42, turning 43, and Bob turned 40. Like his birthday was while we were like planning the memorial and things like Mm. that. So Bob was my advocate at work when I had difficult work situations. He inspired me to build the dance program that I built for the high school. Like he believed in me in times where I didn't think it could be done and really was this guide through my teaching journey to help me make it what it is now and how I was able to impact other kids' lives. So when I knew that he wasn't going to start the school year because he was sick, he had brain cancer, it already shook me. I didn't have my brother and we were going through that and it's it was just coming off the pandemic. So you couldn't plan a funeral right away mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And then my work buddy was sick. We thought he was going to pull through. I mean, that's our hope, right? We always hope people right. pull through. We didn't start the school year together and he passed once school started and it rocked my world. So we can talk about <laughs> going through that school year, but then recently a very good friend, Jason, who used to hang out in front of my dad's house when I was in high school also passed. So to see his mother have to post that was just, it just really broke me. And that one was recent. That one was recent. Okay. So in the midst of COVID, different things were going on and then back to back to back and 
all these people, of course, they had a special place in your heart, different relationships you had with each one, and then the hope that they would pull through, and then the thought of a demise of a young life relatively and what that life could have done or what those people, I should say, could have done with their lives. Your brother, you brought up one thing that was really, it just hit home. I just had a, a church friend pass away. Now she had breast cancer and they thought she would pull through. Five years or so later, she didn't. And, I, and I'm just like, wow, share with me a few left field. Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yes, go right ahead. I don't even have to finish my sentence. Um, What you made me realize is, yeah, left field. So I'll talk about my brother and Bob because the, the two week apart aspect of it and going back to work. So just to give your audience a little more context, the year before I was away for three months. I was in Colombia studying. So I was in Latin America. I come home in May. And then that summer, I have to readjust to being in America. <laughs> I get a new roommate in my classroom. I needed to share a classroom, someone I didn't know. So we needed to work that out. And my my friend's sister passes. So I can't get acclimated to something new because I'm with this family you know, so then the two deaths happen and it was more than just my little brother and more than just work. It was a life reflection for me. I did allow myself to be sad. You know, some people just try to push through and I knew I couldn't do that because I had already experienced teaching online for a year, leaving the country one of my sons stayed in U.S. I had my own kind of trauma to deal with. And then I lose two people who are so important to me. And the way that I coped was, one, allowing myself to be unhappy, asking my kids if they needed counseling because they were close to my friend, too. So it wasn't just you lost an uncle and mommy lost someone. We, we all went through these losses together. I took days off when I needed to. I didn't try to fake it. I didn't know if I was going to make it through the school year, whatever was going to come, I was going to allow because I had been so strong for so long for so many people that I knew this would break me if I didn't allow some space. So let's, let's put a pin in that. Yes. You had allowed or were expected to of your own expectations to be strong. You know, us women, we're so strong. Go a little deeper into that. Happily, women, moms, sisters, aunties, wives, whatever role we play, we do have this caregiver expectation. And you're right. It's our choice whether we fill that or not, but it is how we're raised. I feel like I was you know, raised to be a caregiver. I love it. But then you almost have to scream from the rooftops to say, I'm not well, and to make people get it. So something inside me knew this was my moment to make people get it. Like take your moment because I am the financially stable one in the group. 
I am super mom. I put a lot of unnecessary pressures on myself. And at this point, I had even stayed in a career that was wearing me down because I felt like I I had to, as a divorced person, my ex-husband has a business. So I was carrying the kids' benefits. My salary allowed us to travel the world other times, you know, the boys and I. There was just this lifestyle that I said I was responsible for upkeeping. And I finally, it was my excuse, real talk. It was my way out. And I also thought about how these two would want me to live. What are they going to want you to do now to take care of yourself? So when you refer to these two, you're speaking of your brother and Bob. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And thinking about how they would, what they would really want for you, not just focus on self, but they loved you too. So they want to see you not necessarily always be the steel strong, but to realize I need help. Like you said, shout it from the rooftop. You know, people look at us and they go, they're accustomed to us taking on that role, wearing the S on our chest. So they don't even think about the fact that, yeah, mom or sis may be suffering too. That happens. They do get affected by things. Oh, yes. And so this is even a different kind of grief. Would you agree? It's so different. It's so different. And that idea of what they would want me to do for myself really allowed me to grieve differently. I let it move me forward. And that doesn't mean I didn't take a pause because I took a pause, my podcast, my business, and I didn't force myself to commit to working that whole school year. So I ended up finishing the year, but every week it was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I, I accepted that if I can't get through the school year, because I am a teacher, a high school teacher, putting on dance concerts and serving children emotionally, if I can't do it, it's okay. God allowed me to make it. And I wanted to make it for my students. What point did you realize that, wait, I'm I'm drowning here and I'm going to take the time I need? I felt like I was drowning before they passed. Okay. But I didn't have a way to address it. I felt it. I didn't know what to do because I am a very logical thinker and I have to have a reason. I have to justify. Logic over intuition is not always the best thing. Your intuition is good enough. You can trust it, especially as a woman. So that was another part of my grief journey is starting to trust myself. And because these different things or the different people who passed away back to back to back, it catapulted you. I was listening to your podcast and I'm looking at your face again. <laughs> it catapults you into, and for you specifically, I understand that it catapulted you into a different direction. There was no way you could keep going the way you were going. No way. So if you didn't take that year or those breaks in between, where do you think you might be now? I was hurting myself by forcing myself to do what I was doing. So By the end of last school year, I was feeling chest pain from the work environment, 
I don't know where I would have been because it wasn't healthy. I was drowning and only I could keep acknowledging that. And my family is so great because when I said it, but I had to keep saying it, like people ask you how you're doing and they want you to say fine. I would not say fine. I'm miserable. I miss my brother. I would tell people at work, you know, when I needed help with something or they needed help for me. I don't know. Bob would do that for me. I painted the picture of what my scenario was and what I had lost. Mm -hmm. And that was my wall to keep reminding people to back up. I'm going through something and I get to go through something. And that's what grief did. So instead of doing what we normally do, which is wear the S on our chest and and take your feelings and, and basically bury them because other people are expecting you to be on 10, 24, seven, taking the grief is almost like, not that the people had to die, but that's just how it happened for you in order to get you to open your eyes and say, wait a minute, stop. I had to learn something from it. They couldn't just go. And I needed to honor them and that loss. And honestly, from running myself ragged. You didn't want to die too. And that, unfortunately, happens if you don't take heed to what's happening around you, to all the signs that keep clamoring for attention to your body who will definitely respond and react to you ignoring it. The grief process, as they say, is not linear. So tell us, Callie, about the ups and downs. Just some examples. Some examples. Uh, I'm talking about all this progress, right? But I definitely had my days where it's like, I'm bursting into tears where my mom is in the car with me and we're driving by a gas station where she took my brother food and she's bursting into tears. And I'm like, I didn't know, I guess that she was that fragile or what she had gone through to try to support my brother. I had to really set people straight on not trying to hook me into the busyness of life because my boys are the most important thing to me and whatever they needed is what was going to happen during that time. But I had to shut it down. That's what happened on the flip side. So I put on three dance concerts and I'm saying I, cause I'm the supervisor, but really my students showed up and they were able to shine in a way that they wouldn't have because I was the teacher that was like, I have to do all these things. And there was a concert in January and I asked them, do you want me to cancel it? Like, it's okay. I have not been here. And they said, no, we're doing it. They put on one of the most beautiful concerts. It would have messed it up if I was all up in it. So seeing them being able to shine was amazing. It boosted their confidence. And then mm -hmm. they went on uh, in April to put on another even more. I mean, their growth was just so much. So different things like that, giving people the opportunity to help me. This grief actually changed my whole position in my community. I know you've yes. seen that because you've known yes. me for so long. So you can see it in my posts where I'm like, I'm having a bad day today, <laughs> but it's really to encourage other people. It's okay. You can have a bad day. That doesn't mean you're not still you. Right. And sometimes I'm happy. And sometimes that's in the same day. It's all right. So it was very up and down and it, it's still 
is. I don't burst out and cry, but some memories come up and I do, mm-hmm. I really miss playing with my brother. Like I miss the laughter. One of my sons looks so much like him that I don't know if I'm happy or sad about that. Like when I watch him dance, I'm like, it's Elijah, you know, and it's a blessing, right? To be able to see that energy that gets passed down. Awesome. Awesome. Now, two more questions because we're nearing the end, but what message would you like to convey that's so important to listeners about your grief journey or just grief? I would like people to feel, feel, accept help. I sat in my living room one day while my friend was going around cleaning it and I kept my feet up. That's what I I remember you, you posted that. You posted that. I remember that. But that's what you needed to do. And you had support around you. So you said- And most of the time we do have support around us if we allow it. We allow it. If we are realistic and we don't say, I'm okay, or I don't need help, or you don't want to inconvenience someone else. Right. You have to let that happen because- in the next vein, I would have been like, there's no one here for me. That's my style. I'm the victim. <laughs> Definitely feel those feelings, get help, talk to people, say your loved one's names, remember mm-hmm. them. It's okay if they struggled. We're blessed that maybe we didn't struggle the same way they did. But remembering them, I think is so important and not trying to hide from those phases of grief because there are phases there are levels and as we said earlier it's not linear so from this journey would you say that your sons learned anything by watching their mom oh yes my (laughs) sons they're so incredible they both were able to acknowledge how they needed to deal with it. One went to counseling, one has resources for, he's in college. So he assured me if I need it, I'll go. And I've already modeled that in our family. So that was fine. Expressing that I'm sad, even though maybe I just saw my younger one laughing at school at home when you're away from everyone, it's, you know, um, and at I home. Think- At home, we let our guard down. I realized this one day. I don't think people realize it. So when I walk out the door in the morning, my body stiffens. It's like I'm protecting you. You're going out into the world and you don't know what's going to happen. And then when I come back through the door, my body kind of relaxes and I don't have that shield up. So when you come home, you want to come home to peace. You want to be able to just take your hair and go, okay, it's not perfect today and that's okay. You know what I mean? So when you come home, you almost can let your defenses down. And right. that and that's what the, the boys door. did. Mm-hmm. And I was grateful. We have great communication. I think we appreciate our time together more. They don't complain if they have to go somewhere with me and dance with mom while we're out. And they also will bring us together, you know, family meeting. That's what I used to do. And they'd be like, we're in trouble. But now when they need to express their feelings, they'll ask if we can talk. Uh, One thing that's different is that I have to be careful when I'm saying we need to talk because it makes them think someone has passed because we have experienced Uh, so much. 
Okay. So I have to just get them together and say it. I can't say we're going to talk later because they think I'm going to have bad news and that makes mm-hmm. me sad. But it lets okay. me know that they're dealing with it too. And like you said, dealing with, not dealt with, but dealing with. Because I don't think it goes away because someone has passed or because different. And you talked about this earlier. We grieve in different ways. We could grieve the loss of a job. We could grieve the loss of a friendship. It doesn't just have to be someone who passed away, but we can grieve in different ways. And I've got from you just in this short conversation, you can do something with the grief. You can let it mature you. You can let it take you in whatever direction it's going to take you in and you deal with it and that's okay. Right. I absolutely felt like taking the time to be sad or pause is what allowed me to propel versus going until I hit a wall, being realistic about it. And and that's what we're here for. We're not here to, to make grief look so great, but we're here to be real about it because everybody experiences it in some shape, form, or fashion. Now, in our last, what, two minutes, tell us what you did with your grief and how you channeled it into your dance, into your community projects. Yes, I found that dance is really a way to enhance my mood. It's actually what got me back to moving and exercising, just having fun, not trying to be competitive or get back into performance shape, but just enjoying it. And so I help women create their own community programs. It doesn't have to be through dance, but programs that create community so people can be together with something they have in common. And I share my journey on the podcast, Successfully Unstuck with JoJo. But you already know for me, community is everything and community is what we make it. We can make our own communities. And we need each other. I can't stress that enough. And I used to be a lone wolf, always a solitary person to myself. But that doesn't work out very well. You may be able to do that sometimes, but we need each other. We need community. And so I applaud you for your endeavors. You're out there now. You're bringing people together in community. And like you said, it doesn't just have to be around dance, but it's the point of community. Awesomeness. So Callie, I just want to thank you again for being a guest on the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I have to sing it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Remember, your healing journey is not linear in that it doesn't go in a straight line. It's a process and your inner knowing has ways of getting your attention. Pay attention to how you feel and honor those feelings instead of pushing them away while you're experiencing grief. And here's another quote from Callie. Grief is a process that doesn't end, but changes and needs to be acknowledged. So thanks again for being a regular listener to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm inviting you to tune back in daily, every day. Go through the content list and get educated. That's what we do at the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. Shout out to my listeners all over the world. Thank you for supporting me. I didn't forget about the Android, iPhone, Mac, and Windows listeners. 
Remember to subscribe and tell a friend so we can get the word out and you're notified every time a new episode is posted. Please go back and listen to other healthy, wealthy, and wise relationship episodes. You can listen in on Google Podcasts, Podvine, and other outlets, as well as WordPress as a blog. Also, I really want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. Give me some content that you want me to discuss. Comment on what you liked. Email me at author at gmail.com, of which I have put in the show notes. And until we meet again, please always remember that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here.